0: Welcome to a
1: brand new edition of Problematic Women. I'm Lauren Evans and I'm Virginia Allen. If you happen to fly over July Fourth well, weekend, if you happen to fly over <laughs> July Fourth weekend, you'd be uh, amazing. If you if you took a plane, we just really, yeah, we just really applaud you. You finally spread your wings and flew. <laughs> But, you know, Lauren, if you flew in the traditional sense on an airplane, <laughs> uh, you're one of about six million other American travelers who made their way through airports. And that is back on track with pre-pandemic travel numbers. But the problem is that airline staffing is not back on track with those pre-pandemic numbers. So that's why there's so many flights delayed and canceled. Uh, And there are staff shortages across the board, whether it be uh, flight attendants or pilots. And unfortunately, so many of us have fallen victim to those staff shortages, being delayed, canceled flights, Mm. all of those things. Yeah, it's just the worst. Yeah. It's like sitting in an airplane or airport like crossing your fingers like am i actually gonna take off
0: yeah. i don't know i don't, I don't know. know knock on wood i feel like i travel a lot and i like don't have issues so much really yeah I'm, i guess I'm a what Lincoln do you flyer. do uh i take southwest oh um, okay <laughs> that's
1: fair <laughs> they're pretty reliable <laughs> well um if you have any crazy travel stories let us know we'd love <laughs> to hear them i actually was supposed to be in Denver when Roe v. Wade was overturned, but my flight got canceled and I was here, so that's when the major travel issues I mean, actually worked in a your god favor. Thing. That, a god I thing. think that I think that was fully a god thing. So I'm in that sense I'm thankful. But man, when I go on vacation, please airlines don't cancel my flight. <laughs> well, we are so excited today for the very first time to welcome to the show Heritage Foundation Senior Advisor of Communications Crystal Bonham. Crystal, thanks for joining us
2: today.
0: Thanks for having me, all. Crystal, you just traveled this weekend. Did you have any issues? I was going to
2: say I was one of the what six million you said yeah. traveled this weekend, and uh, the way back was pretty smooth mm. from Texas. But on the okay. way there, I, I flew Delta, which amazing, mm. my personal favorite. Yeah, know, no Delta, shameless. Yeah, solid. Uh, I stand to gain no benefit from that. <laughs> whatever. Uh, but yeah, on the way there. I had a layover in Atlanta and when I landed I got the dreaded email that said mm. we are sorry for the inconvenience. Oh no. With the hotel voucher and all the things and I was like no no no. no <laughs> not today this is not happening. I sprinted to the gate and like just barely was the last person to make it onto oh, my real? actual oh, wow. flight yeah. So I think they were just wow. trying to be really proactive and yeah. I appreciate that. But anyways nevertheless got to Yo, spend where, a, wasn't there an, there an actual
0: girl. walkout of pilots with Delta at the Atlanta airport this weekend? You know, that would explain a lot. <laughs> <laughs> it would, it,
1: would, it would all makes sense. There it, is,
2: there it is. It all comes together. But nevertheless, got to spend Fourth of July weekend in the Republic of Texas. There and it was just, you know, that much freer. <laughs> <laughs> just breathe in
1: that free air. Right. Yeah. free, be, very hot air. Yeah. Oh.
2: <laughs> yes,
1: very hot. <laughs> Humid. Well, we're going to be talking, Crystal, a little bit more about your state uh, later on in the show. So, Lauren, go ahead
0: and let us know what we have queued up. Upon today's problematic women, some celebrities are speaking out and daring to say that women are the only ones who can actually be women. Wow. (laughs) Plus, we explain why it's not dangerous for women to use period tracker apps. And there is a crisis at the southern border, as there has been for a while. Now, some Texas counties have declared that they are under an invasion. We tell you what you need to know. And as always, we'll be crowning our Problematic Woman of the Week. Each week on Problematic Women, we sort through the
1: news to find stories that are of particular interest to conservative-leaning or problematic women, those whose views and opinions are so often excluded by those on the so-called feminist left.
0: If you are a problematic woman or just someone who supports strong, independent women, please consider supporting us by leaving a review or rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen and encouraging others to subscribe. It really does make a difference. All
1: right, let's get to it. You know, the older generation can have such old-fashioned ideas sometimes, like that only women can be women. So antiquated, really. But that is what 76 year old hocus pocus star Bette Midler says she believes.
0: In a tweet on July 4th, she wrote, quote, Women of the world, we are being stripped of our rights over our bodies, our lives, and even our name. They don't call us women anymore. They call us birthing people or menstruators, and even people with vaginas. Don't let them erase you. Every human on earth owes you. But Bette Midler
1: is not the only famous woman who's taking a stand to say that only women are women singer macy gray joined the pierce morgan show called uncensored and she had this to say about womenhood take a listen
0: and i I will say this and everybody's gonna hate me but as a woman just because you go change your parts doesn't make you a woman right sorry you feel that i know that for a fact Mm. like if you want me to call you a her i will because that's what you want but that doesn't make you a woman just because i call you a her and just because you got a surgery So do you
1: all think that we have turned a page in this debate over what a woman is and is not? I mean, if if people who are totally not conservative, who are very much so on the political left, are increasingly willing to say that men are not women, that only women are women, do you think that this whole transgender movement is now losing steam?
0: Yeah, I think they totally are. the left has been pushing and pushing and pushing, and it started with gay marriage, which I think a lot of Americans were hesitant at first, but then eventually bought into. And the left just thought because they won this issue, they were going to win every social issue from now on. And, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, you kind know, of a give them an inch, they take a mile ex- situation. Yeah. Exactly. And you look at somebody like Bette Midler, and this literally might be the first thing that Bette Midler and I have ever (laughs) agreed on. (laughs) I mean, she... (laughs) Besides Hocus Pocus. Exactly. I mean, like that great film. Whatever. Great (laughs) film. But, you know, even on the 4th of July, she came out and she said something completely un-American. So she is no Mm -hmm. shape or form anywhere conservative. She might be one of the most liberal celebrities out there, but for her to be standing up, uh, it's really, A, brave, because you look at what the left does to J.K. Rowling. Yep. Like, she can't tweet anything. and it's, It could be about her book or about something totally related. And every comment's like, you turf, you turf, you yeah. turf, which is a slander for trans-exclusionary radical feminist. God
1: bless. Wow. <laughs> well, yeah. And, I mean, even, um, even within that tweet from Bette Midler, there's something I disagree with. She says, every human on Earth... Owes you, as a woman. I'm like, no, I definitely don't agree with that. No one owes me anything. Like, I'm I'm not a victim. Uh, but I love the fact that she is taking the stand and just kind of using common sense. Like, she's bringing common sense back into this conversation of like, hey, um, only women can be women. And then with the Macy Gray, you know, she says which. Again, I think we differ here. She's like, if you want me to call you a woman, I'll call you a woman. If you want me to call you she and you're a he is fine. Uh, but just because you have a surgery to change your parts doesn't make you a right. woman. I'm like,
2: yes, finally. Yeah. People <laughs> are just pointing out this is a fundamentally it. biological issue. <laughs> yes,
1: yes. So there are actually differences. Um, well, and I, I do wonder if this debate is coming up more and people are maybe more willing to speak out right now. You know, our colleague at The Daily Signal, Doug Blair, he wrote a piece after Roe was overturned titled Post-Roe, Left Suddenly Remembers What a Woman Is. And I think the left is realizing, like, you can't have it both ways. You can't be so upset. And say that you know removing uh, abortion access makes women second class citizens, Mm -hmm. and then turn around and say, "Oh, but men can also be women." So maybe I feel like there's this added positive effect of Roe being overturned, where the left now has to kind of look the hypocrisy in the face, look the hypocrisy in the face, and stop speaking nonsense. Yeah,
2: and Doug also did a great man on the street video during the Independent Women's Forum rally Mm -hmm. for to save women's sports, which was around the same time that all of that was dropped. There's a lot at the once. The day before. A know? lot at once. There's a lot Title nine on. being Wild overturned. overturned. Yeah, which is a whole like, other yeah. subject. So, <laughs> right? But yeah, so Title nine, you know, we're just... Celebrating 50 years of that, but then also them redefining what gender and sex even is. You know, we're dealing with this transgender uh, issue. Um, frankly, I don't know about y'all, but I think the language that they use is so aggressive, like calling people birthing persons, <laughs> <Yeah>. menstruators. menstruators. <laughs> I'm like, it's so aggressive. I'm
0: also, like, it's like, also,
2: it's gross. It's like, yeah. You shouldn't be ashamed of your You're period. Woman, but like the end. <laughs> like full stop. <laughs> exactly. uh, I'm really pleased to see that people that we are not used to. To seeing come out bold, mm-hmm. uh, are speaking up? Yeah, I agree. But sadly, not every celebrity over July
1: Fourth weekend was tweeting strong statements of truth. Uh, we saw that singer Katy Perry tweeted out, "Baby, you're a firework is a ten, but women in the U.S. have fewer rights than an actual sparkler." So, Lauren and Crystal, I mean, what do
0: you, what do you think about this? How do you feel that you have fewer rights than a sparkler? Well, can you first, you guys are both younger than me, so can we break this down? Baby, you're a firework, which is her song, you know? Baby, you're a firework. Sing it. Sing it. That was not a recording. That was my voice. <laughs> so no copyright what? infringement. <laughs> but, so it is a 10. Does that mean, like, it, it's a, it's a, like, it's I a mean, hit? Like, great song. Yeah, I think she's pretty good at her own work. Oh, okay. She's like, trying to, like, build off of that trend, like. Yeah, it's a 10, <laughs> but. Yeah. Yeah, it just seems like yeah. a little try hard. As it's like, a reach. Yeah, like uh, it's it's a bop, kids. It's bussin'. You know, it's a, you're so happy that I'm just so, I'm just so like. Uh, but yeah, so like it seems like she's trying really hard to say something, and then yeah, you're right, Virginia. Like women have less rights than an actual sparkler. Like you can buy a sparkler for twenty five cents. You know?
2: <laughs> I mean, it's also just wrong. Yeah, like, I, I understand trying to be dramatic for the sake of drawing attention to an issue. But exactly. it's it's wrong. It's It's ridiculous to make a statement like that. And and frankly, you know, it's completely inaccurate. You know, how beautiful that we have the First Amendment. She can state her opinion. Mm -hmm. But
1: meh. It's, yeah, it's a pretty laughable statement, and it, it does just feel like she's just trying to get attention and was trying to make a big hoopla, and she got lots of press and media because of
0: it, so I guess
1: she accomplished her mission.
0: Uh, but, well, and everybody still listened to the fireworks song on the 4th <laughs> of July, you know, like, she tried to make this huge political statement, and I think Americans were too busy, you know, having a beer, barbecue you know, enjoying yeah. their freedom, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like when Pink came out and said, like, if you don't support abortion, don't listen to my music, and everybody's like yeah, <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Well, and what's his I face know. from Green Day that was like, I'm no longer an American. It's like, no. I was like, didn't you all right. renounce your citizenship when I was like in middle school when George Bush was president? <laughs> how, <laughs> you know, like, how many citizenships do you have yeah. to give up in yeah. one country? Like,
2: <laughs> how, how often does this happen? Here again.
1: Oh, my gosh. Well, uh, stick around because up next, we're going to be debunking another big myth about life after Roe v. Wade. But first, if you're enjoying this episode of Problematic Women and want to find other like minded podcasts look no further than she thinks she thinks is a podcast production of the independent women's forum Every Friday at 9 a.m. Eastern, host Beverly Hallberg is joined by policymakers and thought leaders to cut through the spin and bring you facts on the issues that matter most. From the economy and education to foreign policy and everything in between, She Thinks has you covered. And if you can't wait for the next episode to drop, you can listen to past episodes at IWF.org or search for She Thinks in your favorite podcast app.
0: This information continues to be spread about what life in America will be like for women now that Roe is dead. And one of the latest myths to gain momentum is that data stored in period tracker apps could be subpoenaed and used against women who have illegal abortions.
1: Period apps like Flow and Clue have historically contained personal information like your name and email that connects that personal information with the data you input on the app about your menstrual cycle. Now, some of these apps say that they're producing a setting that will allow you to remove all personal information from your account so that, None of your personal data could be connected with your period
0: data. But is this an actually legitimate possibility? Could a judge use information on a period tracker app to prosecute a woman for trying to have an abortion? Yeah. That's the big question, right? The answer? No. (laughs) Well, I think you have to look at this, like, with all your data, right? Like, Mm -hmm. we should not be trusting big tech with anything that is sensitive, right? And that's not just your period data. That's all of your data. Um, Because we we see how big tech uses information against conservatives. But I think this idea that somehow the government is going to use this period tracker data to know that women are having abortions, like... A, that's crazy because how many of us will use the apps for a couple months and then totally forget about it, <laughs> and then be like, oh, oh, let me start using it again. So you have a three month gap. Doesn't mean you went out and got an abortion. It just meant. You Oops, forgot. I forgot to yeah. put it in. And then also, too, you're, you're right, Virginia, like women are not being persecuted for having abortions. Mm-hmm. And, and no no serious conservative really wants to persecute the women. They want to persecute the industry around the abortion.
1: Yeah. Every single state that has restricted abortion, that has made abortion completely illegal, um, they all have in their laws that the person who is to be prosecuted is the one that does the abortion, the doctor themselves, not The women, Um, and so the idea that a woman could be prosecuted um, for having an abortion right now—that is actually just not legally possible. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, really, I think what we're seeing is just a lot of fear mongering That you know this is kind of a a clickbait topic. You're getting people riled up. You're getting um, the pro-abortion base energized with this argument, but it doesn't hold water.
2: Frankly, it's a classic case of the left twisting words, taking advantage of, uh, you know, a legitimately emotional topic mm-hmm. at, at a very emotional time. You think about legitimate opportunities or, or cases where when if you're using a period tracker, maybe your period is not consistent. Mm-hmm. Like there's a lot of yeah. women that have issues. With, it's it's absolutely ludicrous to think that this is legit. Mm-hmm. Uh, to your point, Virginia, about the, the various bills um, and you know, snapback legislation and things like that, that uh, people have been, you know, rightfully alarmed about because there's a lot of confusion. There's a lot of chaos. Yeah. But usually when there's confusion and chaos, there's a lie. Like the root of all of that is a lie. And and it's it's really just this misinformation and, and twisted uh, – use of, mm-hmm. of language by the left.
1: Yeah. Well, and I think it's sort of a free advertising for the period tracker apps as well, <laughs> because they're getting all this press and now they have an opportunity to say, OK, you know, we're going to change our settings so that we can protect you as women. And um, I mean, I can't really fault them for taking advantage of free press like, you know, that good on them, I guess. Uh, but it it is furthering this narrative that there are um, legitimate concerns here and there, there's a reason to be afraid. And there isn't a reason to be afraid. You can you can keep using your Flow app, or your <laughs> app or whatever your pick is. Um, and I think you know if if you want to take advantage of new settings and not have personal information tracked, there's nothing More wrong with that. What power to you? Yeah. yeah, like privacy is awesome. Well, and honestly, you can even so print little... out a
0: calendar and <laughs> do it the old fashioned. Yeah, way? I
1: mean, I mean, if I'm being honest, I still have just a, I do it on my phone. <laughs>
0: yeah, it is so helpful It is so helpful because sometimes you're like why am I really grumpy? And you look and you're like, "Mm, that's why. uh Or like you get little notifications. It's like, you might have a headache today. It's like, you're right. I do have a headache today. (laughs) How did you know? (laughs) Weird. Well, I think it too, it goes to the hypocrisy of uh, er, pretty much all of my pro-life friends were just, when Roe was overturned, were so nervous to even post anything on their story because of the blowback and the Mm -hmm. friends they know they would lose. And here on the left, all these women are, are posting False information, like with the period tracker apps, like that women are going to be punished for having abortions for an ectopic pregnancy, which Mm. it's not an abortion at that point because the life isn't viable. Yeah. Yeah. So it it, it is one of those things where it's frustrating on one sense because... It's so false. And the fact that the left is trying to mislead women yet again, but also the fact that they are able to get away with it time and time and again. So that's why it is important to have these conversations with your friends and, and let them know what the truth is and, and kind of free them from that burden that the left is trying to put on them.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think to have like compassion in those conversations. Um, <laughs> Virginia always coming in. no, <laughs> Which, Lauren, I know, like, you're good at that, too. Uh, the, the Don't key- tell people that, Virginia. <laughs> Sorry. Your secret's out. <laughs> Lauren's actually a nice person. Uh, but it is such a highly emotional issue, Crystal, as you said. Like, people are so worked up right now. Um, and so, yeah, important to make sure that we're sharing truth and sharing information, but also doing it in a way that people can receive it.
0: Virginia, you're so adorable. So for the, the transition <laughs> she wrote, so we're going to put a period on that. Parentheses, ha! (laughs) I thought it was so clever. So So to put a period on that conversation. (laughs) Oh my god! We're going to take a little time to travel down to Crystal's home state of Texas, where some counties have declared that they are under invasion. That's
1: right. Kinney County, Texas, shares a border with Mexico, and local leaders in that county have declared that they're under invasion due to the number of illegal immigrants
0: streaming across the border. Mark Morgan, the former acting commissioner of the U.S. Customs and Border Patrol Protection, says that in the current fiscal year alone, there have already been 1.5 million apprehensions at the border. And according to Customs and Border Protection,
1: there were over 154,000 migrant encounters in January. Well, that number has jumped up to 239,000 in May. And that number is just continuing to grow. Tully Shahan is a judge in Kinney County. And during a historic press conference on Tuesday, he said, we don't believe we're going to get any help from the Biden administration. They're not going to do anything. So we felt like we should go out and declare we're being invaded, which we are. This is the first time in American history that a legal authority found as a matter of law that the United States is being invaded. That's according to Ken Guccinelli, the former attorney general of Virginia.
0: These local Texas leaders are pointing to language in Article 1 and Article 4 of the Constitution, which they say gives them the right to declare that they are under invasion. Crystal, you've done a lot of work on this topic and you are from Texas Do you think these counties are overreacting, and do you think this is a fair label of invasion? Well, I think I'll leave the invasion question up to the
2: constitutional <laughs> scholars,
0: <laughs> uh, which
2: I am not one <laughs> by trade, right? So, you know, but I can give some perspective uh, as someone who just came to the D.C. area from Texas, uh, you know, last fall, summer, end of what? End of summer, early fall, <laughs> I was on the border in Del Rio when the uh, Haitian migration was mm-hmm. happening and there was- you know, thousands of people living under the bridge in Del Rio created all kinds of – I mean, it was a crisis, a strain on both, you know, Customs and Border Patrol, but also this the state DPS uh, in Texas. And what you're seeing in Texas is a desperate reaction, mm. a call for help that has been, you know, audible for years now mm. and with, you know, some of the reversals of – Policies like MPP, which dramatic decision last week by SCOTUS. Remain in Mexico. Yes, Remain in Mexico. Mm-hmm. Migrant prote- Protection Protocols. Uh, with the removal of that, uh, you you saw a dramatic increase in people coming to the border illegally. And you have heard from people, not just in Texas, but Arizona, New Mexico, California as well, saying, you know, we have this issue. Why is no one coming to help us? Mm-hmm. And because immigration is a federal issue, states only have so much within their power, right? We know this. Um, if you don't, now you do. Uh, <laughs> but it's, it's really a dramatic cry for help. Yeah. It's the people who are on the ground saying, do something. Nothing. Like, whatever we're doing, it's not working. Yeah. And so something else needs to be done, whether that's by the state or the feds. Honestly, I don't think they care from the conversations I've had with people that live on the border, that are ranchers, that, you know, I shared a video recently uh, after the tragic loss of life in San Antonio last Mm -hmm. week. A friend of mine that has a ranch along the border recorded a video from last July of a semi-truck on their ranch with people just flooding out the back of it. Mm. And these were young, you know, early 20s men. Mm. And so this has been going on for some time now, and so that's why I think you start to hear an increase in the in rhetoric yeah. and in the verbiage that they're using because no one's taking it seriously. Yeah. No, when you hear the local
1: leaders down in Texas in these counties speak, it really is heartbreaking. I I listened to that press conference on Tuesday, and there was a sheriff saying, you know, we have a really small staff, we're a small team, and every time we have to deal with you know calls from. Border control saying, hey, you know, we think there's some um, illegal immigrants that are, you know, traveling through your county. He's like, that takes us away and takes all of our resources away from the people in our community that need us for, you know, normal things. And it's like we we just don't have capacity as these numbers keep growing. And you realize – Wow, this has such far-reaching effects. It it has nothing to do with Americans, you know, being hateful and not wanting people to migrate. We we love people coming to our country, but we just want it to be done legally Correct. and the right way.
2: Yeah, we just came from a, a polling briefing earlier today, and. Uh, Joe Biden's approval on immigration is negative 34. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know that was possible. uh, (laughs) I know. I'm like negative. Negative. Okay. Okay. wow. (laughs) That's a fun fact. Uh, And and just, you know, for our audience here on Problematic Women, I think some some notable takeaways that I jotted down from that conversation was, you know, there was a question asked, uh, should Biden stop the constant flow of illegal immigrants and close the southern border? This is a strong word. Close the southern border, not just, you know, Slow it down. Slow it down, or put more protections in place. Like s- straight up, close it. Sixty-two percent of suburban women said yes. Wow. wow, that's wild.
1: That is wild. Yeah, because suburban women are typically a little bit more on the Democrat side. They're very swing votery, um, but tend to lean a little bit more liberal. So that's fascinating.
2: And I think that the fact that suburban women are, you know, riled up around this issue shows that. The border crisis doesn't just exist on the border, Mm -hmm. right? There's spillover effects into our communities, not just in Texas or other border states, but across the entire country. You know, something that comes to mind is the nearly 100,000 Americans that have died from fentanyl overdoses, you know, in calendar year and, you know. Yeah,
1: really heartbreaking. Well, and, and now what these local leaders in Texas want to see happen is that they're asking the Texas Governor Greg Abbott and Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton to declare that the state of Texas is under invasion. Uh, this would give Texas a lot more power to actually defend its borders and turn migrants away at the border.
0: It makes you think, like, politically, what is the Biden administration doing? If this is an unpopular issue with the American people, this is harming the people who are illegally coming across the border. Women are being raped. Children are being exploited. The, you know, we saw this tragic incident last week, as Crystal mentioned. And then what are they hoping to get out of it? That eventually mm-hmm. these people are going to vote citizenship for them, maybe? And get, mm-hmm. but and we're going to get into it uh, very soon. But it, it seems like, too, even these these immigrants are coming in, and when they do get citizenship or amnesty or anything, they end up being more conservative than yeah. the average American because mm-hmm. religion and family is important to them. So a lot of times with these issues, I try to think through like, OK, if I was Joe Biden or if I was left, what, what are my motivations? And this seems to be one issue where I just I can't wrap my head around it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I agree. I
2: mean, at the end of the day, as much as it's an immigration crisis, it's a humanitarian crisis mm-hmm. and not just for. Uh, You know, the safety component along the border and in those cities that it spills over into, but also for especially the women and children Mm. themselves that are very vulnerable to being trafficked across Mm. the border. And, you know, those those ties to cartels, frankly, uh, they don't go away once you're here. Yeah, Mm. exactly.
0: Yeah. And the fentanyl that they're bringing with them, more young people died of fentanyl overdoses than covid it's like, heartbreaking. Why aren't we talking about that? Exactly. <laughs> you know, like we had to wear masks and not go outside of our homes for months and years. And this is more dangerous than that for young, healthy Americans. Mm-hmm. And the fact that the left just continues to, to turn their eyes away from it, it just it, it, it is baffling to me. Mm-hmm. It really is. Yeah. Well, we will keep you posted on everything that we just talked about, because this border issue is not going away anytime soon, unfortunately. But we do have some slightly more positive news in just a moment, so stay tuned for our crowning of the Problematic Woman of the Week. Are you looking for quick conservative policy solutions to current issues? Sign up for Heritage's weekly newsletter, The Agenda. In The Agenda, you will learn what issues Heritage scholars on Capitol Hill are working on, what position conservatives are taking, and links to our in-depth research. The Agenda also provides information on important events happening here at Heritage, That you can watch online as well as media interviews from our experts sign up for the agenda on heritage.org today now it is that time once again my favorite time of the week time to crown our problematic woman of the week the crown goes to Myra Flores. Myra Flores is a millennial. She is a mother of four, and she just became the first Mexican-born American to be sworn into Congress. She ran for a congressional seat in a Texas district that has only ever elected Democrats. But Myra is a conservative Republican. She joined Tucker Carlson right after she won her race about two weeks ago to explain why she holds conservative values.
2: People tell me, Myra, why are you Republican? Weren't you born in Mexico? Well, because I was born in Mexico is that I am Republican, because I was raised with strong conservative values, and I'm not willing to put them aside for a political party. And I'm not loyal to a party. I'm loyal to God. I'm loyal to my family. I'm loyal to my community. And I tell the people in South Texas, who are you loyal to? Are you loyal to God or are you loyal to the Democrat Party? And they tell me, no, I'm loyal to God. Okay, well, let's stop being loyal to a party who's done nothing for us for over a 100 years.
0: I don't think you're allowed to say I'm loyal to God now that you're in Washington. Are you gonna keep saying that?
2: Absolutely. My loyalty is to God and and my family. Yes, absolutely. God first, all the way. That's why I won, because of him, because I live in prayer every single day.
1: So I watched this interview and I felt so hopeful <laughs> watching it. I mean, to have someone in Congress, a young woman who openly says, I'm loyal to God. She's a woman of prayer who won't uh, bend a knee to a party, whether that's Democrats or Republicans. It's just awesome.
0: I just want to start out with number one, even outside of her politics. The woman is 36 years old. With four children. Like, I am 31 Dang years girl. old with, with two cats and like I think my life is stressful. And somehow she found a way to run for, run Congress, for Congress and win. Yeah. Like, I don't care what wow. your politics are. Like that makes you magic, honestly. <laughs> but her campaign slogan, I mean, was it was great. It was God, family, country. Do you think leading up to the midterms, her success in this overwhelmingly Democrat district kind of gives us a peek in what might be in store? I think
2: so. Uh, You know, I'm an optimist. But you've seen over the last few election cycles this trend gaining a lot of momentum in South Texas. So this is – you know, they want you to believe this is an anomaly that, Mm -hmm. you know, she was – she outspent her Democratic opponent and, you know, redistricting is really (laughs) – You know the problem here, and that's why she won. But ultimately, at the end of the day, we've seen this trend gaining momentum in South Texas and other places across the U.S. But as a model, right? South Texas is primarily Hispanic American. They're proud to be Americans. They're proud Mm. to be Texans. They're proud to, you know, hold family values. Mm. And what we've seen in Myra Flores is someone who's not afraid. Mm-hmm. to have a fight. She's not afraid to stand up for what she believes in and because of that she won more than 50% of the vote.
1: Yeah. No, I think it's incredible to see um a millennial woman, because there's some millennial women in Congress that don't make millennial women look too good.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I was just about to mention <laughs> that. Like, do you think the left, we're going to see next, hold Myra Flores up the same way they hold up Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez? Oh, no. I mean, of, course of course not. not. <laughs> they'll throw her
1: under the bus every chance that they get. And like Crystal said, they'll, they'll call her an anomaly. Uh, but I think Americans are waking up to the truth and they're seeing what happens when the left has control and when the left pushes their radical policies, the whole nation starts to tank. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) You know,
2: I think we were having this conversation outside earlier. Most people show up to vote based on the question, are you better off than you were four years ago?
1: Yeah.
2: Right? Most people are not in the beltway or in the movement and really passionate about a single issue or really passionate about politics in general. Most people show up because they see it in their everyday expenses. Mm -hmm. They like can't afford to fill up their cars anymore. South Texas, very big uh, in the oil industry. Yeah, All those jobs went away when Joe Biden, you know, implemented the slew of policies that, mm-hmm. you know, attacked the American energy industry. And they're also on the front lines of the border issue, which we just talked about. You know, they're confronted with these issues every single day and it's unavoidable. Mm-hmm. And that's where when you have someone like Myra Flores who has a hopeful message to deliver. Yeah. But it's also setting boundaries and saying this is not okay, like Mm -hmm. we should not be treated this way. I think that's where you get a lot of energy around the principles that we hold dear.
1: Mm-hmm. Well I think it's so refreshing
2: too to hear um
1: to hear any person say, you know, first and foremost, I'm accountable to God, mm-hmm. not some party. And I think everyone's just like, oh, that's so refreshing. But also the political establishment's
0: like, well, how, we don't have a box to put you exactly. in. Exactly. Like, like, <laughs> you don't fit anywhere. <laughs> what are do we doing? Exactly. Well, it makes me think of the joke from Thirty Rock where Kenneth the Page says, Oh, well, I don't vote. I only go and I write in God. And now Baldwin's character goes, Oh, we count that for the Republican. Oh my gosh, that's fantastic! (laughs) Well, and to bring it full circle, Crystal just painted such a great picture of these people that are really struggling. That gas is more expensive. Their groceries are more expensive. They have this crime coming in over the border. And so not only are they trying to struggle with this, now they hear the left calling them bigot homophobes for, <laughs> trying to, you know, misgendering someone. And I really think that's why the left should be bracing for just such a crushing in November because mm-hmm. they just they they haven't found one kind of bit of a winning message and they're trying to hang on to this January 6th messaging. But Again, if you're in South Texas and you are struggling to put food on your family's table, you, you don't, don't even care about that. Yeah. Yeah. So good for Mara Flores. And just as we leave, I'll be Virginia Allen for once and saying, like, <laughs> be hopeful. Like, look at this and say, if you just stand up and you do the right things and you really care about the right things in your life, which is God, family and country, we, we can win and we can take our country back. Mm-hmm. Amen. I feel like Kevin Roberts when I just said that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Going on offense. <laughs> Well, that's gonna be it for this week's edition of ProMatic Women.
1: Join us on Tuesday for our special interview. Yeah, for an interview edition. Nice. Yeah. I think we have we have your interview, right? Long Yeah. yeah. Um, Ooh, that's exciting. And then of course again on Thursday for a brand new edition of ProMatic Women. But in the meantime, if you've never done so, give us a shout out on Apple Podcasts. We would love to hear from you all. Leave us a five star rating
0: and review. Conservatives need your support in the podcast world and we would greatly appreciate a five star review on Spotify, Castbox, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast, it really does make a difference have a great
1: week and we'll see you back here on tuesday and of course on thursday
0: problematic women is brought to you by more than half a million members of the heritage foundation
1: it is a product of the daily signal produced by lauren evans and virginia allen and be sure to follow problematic women on instagram
0: we produce problematic women in remembrance of our dear friend and former co-host Bree payton